I've changed my makeup. Did you notice? Hello and welcome back to Something Rotten. This is our final episode of the season proper, I guess, of our our delve into Suda 51. We have played through all of Killer 7, and now we have played through all of No More Heroes. There are no more. We did it. There's three more games. Mm, To me, there are no more. That's fair. (laughs) Jacob, if you'll allow me to break kayfabe for a moment, that's a wrestler term, which is appropriate for the suda season uh-huh we've had some fantastic guests on this season possibly our best season yet yeah but what people might not know is you and i we're not just business partners which is good because if we were this would be a failing business but we are friends we are indeed <laughs> friends outside of the show i talk to you more than my own mom to be <laughs> quite honest and i said Jacob? Your mom hasn't downloaded Fortnite yet. That's true. I have played Fortnite with Alex Van Aken's mom, though, and she's really good. She, like, plays ranked matches and shit. She's rad. <laughs> um, so shout out to Mama Van Aken. Uh, but Jacob, we just haven't podcasted alone for a while. We're already recording next season. I know. We're doing next season already. We already we're doing guests then. So I said, when you hit me up about this episode, I said, no fucking guests. Boy Tom only. We're not even going to publish this one. <laughs> we're not publishing this one. It's only boys. It's just You know, us. when it comes down to it, the end of this game is kind of just, you know, just two boys doing their thing. And like, that's what we're doing here. It's a brother. It's a boy and a girl. Okay. To break, double break kayfabe. I, I was going to message you about this, and then oh, I... Oh, the, the real yeah. ending. Did you do right. it? I didn't do it, but oh, I watched okay. it. Okay, so here, we'll, we'll, get into, we'll, we'll get into all of this. Because I was like, I, I should message Blake to make sure he does the real ending. And then I was like, no, he'll, he'll get it. So thank goodness. Yeah, I just YouTubed it as soon as I finished well, the game. A uh, mercifully short fake ending, I'll tell you what four seconds at most well here's the thing it's like let's just talk about it the game ends in that you fight you become number one and that's the end and then it has maybe my favorite gag of the game in a game full of gags where it says it just gives you a menu and it's like return to santa destroy uh return to main menu view real ending and that's like the third option. And I thought that's so fucking yeah. funny that it's like you don't it's it's not like, oh, is there more in the world? There's just an option. And it's like view real ending and you click it and immediately it throws you into the last cutscene, uh, And and then you just do the real ending, which I thought was so funny and cool. And the last boss yeah. fight, right? Did you? How hard was the boss? Boss looked hard. Way, way easier than Gene. Oh. Um, like like I, I easily one tried the the real final boss how many did gene take you uh three but i did look up like i watched Mm -hmm. someone else fight her just to be like what's the strategy it took me three tries to then i watched a video i think i don't know who uploaded it and i learned the back dash is the move and then i took her down oh immediately okay yeah i will let's let's back up a little bit because i feel like i kind of fucked my way up through that fight um, when we le- left off, we had just seen a very 
good and funny boss mm-hmm. fight where um it was was it Harvey Moiskowicz? No, he's the he's the magician. So it was um it was the guy with the big brain and we were like, "Oh, we're going to fight this big brain A bomb yep. thing." Uh and then a random guy named Henry came and sliced it in half and then Sylvia was like, "Good job, you won. <laughs> uh next fight." Yep. And we were both kind of I think you you described that as like the moment where the game like got you back in. Yeah. We could talk about how it lost me again shortly thereafter. Well, but... yeah, okay, so <laughs> that was my question is like how long did you stay on the the this is good I, train? I well, I think I I think the game is good. I think I mm-hmm. I'm just not that into it. And I'm going back to something we talked about on the last episode where I think like at this point it's unfair to say to about killer seven but the story just feels rote or no more heroes yeah what did i say killer seven yeah no more heroes (laughs) killer seven story does not feel rote for the record and i don't think that's the game's problem because it came out over a decade ago i think just at this point like it's kind of in vogue to do like media about media and i think i'm Uh just kind of sick of it which is ironic considering our next season but um i uh i don't know i i just like couldn't stay super engaged with it i think some of the bosses were a little weaker in this one actually that said the old lady fight is maybe the best in the game that shit was insane i but look i i kind of disagree in that i thought all of at least design wise i was so in on all the bosses well i think I started to find some of the bosses tedious in the way the game maybe didn't intend. Like, the game is tedious by design, but for a lot of boss fights, they kind of aren't. And I felt like the Magician and Gene were tedious on accident, which is like, you don't want that. I felt that way, actually, about about Bad Girl. I thought oh. she just... it On mine, it seemed like she just accidentally had, like, three times too much health. Because I, like... I We're, we're all over the place here. I loved Bad Girl as like a character, character and like the, the setup to that fight and shit. And then I was just like, oh my god, she only has three moves, and I've been fighting her for literally twenty minutes. Okay, so let me backspace. Uh, the magician, Bad Girl, and Jean. I felt like we're all tedious on accident, <laughs> and then like uh-huh. this game does not work when it's accidentally tedious, right? Like it needs to be the thesis yeah. statement. And uh, Bad Girl got stuck. I don't know if this is the same for you she would do the where she would hit the gimps at you yeah she did that i'm not kidding i would say 30 times in my fight and i was like is this a oh yeah yeah like and you can't attack and it was like you can't do anything to her and i kept expecting we're in the weeds you know how like when you fight people in the story missions they do the like slot machine thing and sometimes you get the power. I was like, oh, one time never. the gimp is going to like give me a power and then I'll be able to like kill her with it. Nope. Never. Never happened. Never. Just just killed those guys over and over and over. And I think that's intentional. I also note one of the side the part-time jobs is kill a hundred people, which is really easy, but it also removes the slot from you. So you can't get through it too quickly. Oh yeah, you don't get the slot in any of those side missions oh i didn't i didn't realize that yeah they're they're pretty they're selective when they let you actually use it which is so weird because it's like it's like a hair of an interesting thing on the combat which is very boring generally but like 
you have to do those side activities way more than you do the story stuff. And so I would say for like 80% of my combat throughout the game, which was in those side missions, I was not getting to roll those slots. Yeah. Um, I, I did. So my favorite side activity ultimately was the one where it just puts you in a tiny back alley and it's like you just have three minutes to kill as many guys as you can and each guy you get like 1500 for and i was by the end i was getting like a hundred thirty thousand credits per run of that i was grinding at some point i stopped doing the assassination side i stopped doing the assassination side jobs and just did the mm-hmm. one that gives you 90k every time you complete it, because every enemy in there is a one-hit kill, especially when you get more powered up. Yeah, but it takes so long. No. It takes it, it takes like two or three minutes it, at a time, and then you get 100 I'm, I'm saying it takes it takes as long as the one that you do the in the tiny back alley, and I got more money from Well, that. you know what? I've already beat the game, so I can't go back and redo it. <laughs> so I don't know. That's... Yeah, I just wasted my own time. Yeah, I saw the credits. I'm then I have deleted the game off of my Switch. Um, okay, so let's talk about Harvey Moisewich Volodarsky. Maybe maybe the funniest setup in the yeah, game yeah, yeah. where it's like he's a magician and and there's this whole the whole setup is like um Travis and Sylvia are going to the show together as like it as like a date and sylvia holds travis's hand and he like gets hard when she holds his hand which is like another like jesus christ travis get it together um and and then they go in and they're the only people in the theater but what i found so funny about it is like no one acknowledges that the theater is empty except for them and like travis gets like the magician is like okay we're going to like we're going to bring someone on stage from the audience. Who's it going to be? And then the spotlight goes on Travis and he's like, me? And he's like so excited. Yeah. uh, This is the problem with this fight and like the bad girl fight is the setups and concepts are so good. And then when you actually have to do it, it's like, fuck, man, you only are going to, you're going to make the screen go upside down constantly. And that's going to be the whole thing of the fight. And it's going to like suck the wind out of a lot of this. But yeah, Travis is like, feels a genuine surprise at being called on is so fucking funny. <laughs> and he's like so excited. And the thing where they do, it's like within the the fight, he will do things where he puts you in like, mm-hmm. I don't know, the coffin and then they stab swords into it. And then Travis comes out and he's fine. And in the middle of the fight, they like all bow to the audience, <laughs> yeah. which is another like such a good thing of just kind of like the, the whole like unreality of this assassination uh ladder or whatever is like they all are playing along the same game and so it's just like they both know like this is a performance we're doing a performance and uh and i found it very uh very charming and then you saw him in half with a big saw blade at the end and that fucking kicks ass let's be clear it's like uh old the pen and teller sketch that uh scared me to death as a kid um hold on i'm sorry which one is that they just do some shit with a saw and i have you know i have a vague memory of it and i remember like it scarred me like my dad was watching on hbo one night when i he thought i was asleep and i was like sneaking around the corner i must have been literally like four years old um and i saw it and my memory of it is they take a woman and drop her on a table saw and she like is bouncing on top of it kind of like an anime character jesus last year i went and scanned through every single episode 
of Penn and Teller's show from that era and could not find that skit. So I oh don't know where it happened. And there's another one I remember where someone pulled their eye out and it was really bloody or they shot someone in the head. So, so if anyone can send me these, please send me because it, I can't find it. Is it possible it was like a recording of a live That's what I think show it, or something? I think it must have been a special because the show was live, but it was like, you know, it's like a 30-minute show on a... It might not even have been HBO. It might have been the BBC. I'm not sure what I found. But anyway, this kind of reminded me of that, uh, this boss fight. When when I was a kid, I had a DVD recording of a David Copperfield show that my sister and I watched over and over. And I can, like, remember some of them. And they are so cheesy, especially considering that it, we were watching on DVD where it was like he had this whole like haunted house brought out to the middle of the stage and he was like communing with the spirits in it and they had like fake zombie animatronic arms that were like coming out and like grabbing him and then at the end the whole thing explodes and i was like did i think this was like real like th that's not even magic that's just like a skit yeah. <laughs> it's like a haunted house skit. i like okay so, so like for as bad as that scared me obviously very publicly as of this year i've outed myself as a fucking gore hound and so i've been mm -hmm. desperate to find that clip from penn and teller to be like this must have been the first on-screen violence i ever saw especially at that level because hey, something rotten podcast at gmail.com please. please write in and tell us where that skin is dude from. i have to find it because there's no way like you know how you like when you're a kid you have fake memories like i've told you my i thought i was magic up until last year when i was a kid yep there's uh -huh. there's no way a kid could fake imagine a pin and teller skit like that has to be way too specific no but i do think i mean i do think you could have like a horrible bad dream but that's like very specific and i, so. I remember the apartment it was in it was one of the apartments like uh one of the early apartments my parents had anyway we're getting too into it uh this boss fight reminded oh, can me I, of, can i ask you a yeah. question uh do you like magic like if someone was like do you want to go to a magic show would you go yeah probably magic sick <laughs> i just heard i just heard annie laugh from downstairs. yeah magic sick dude like write write it down blakehaster fan of magic that shit's awesome i feel like people people have this uh i hear people be negative towards the idea of seeing magic all the time and then every like magic show that i've actually been to it's been like this is the coolest shit in the world like who would be mad at this Blake, do you want to know what I think is wild? Jacob, I bet it's the fact that butterflies can taste with their the bottom of their feet. Okay, well now <laughs> this has completely derailed the ad because I do need <laughs> to know about that. But no, what I think is wild is we've been doing this podcast long enough that people have probably listened to us talk for like multiple full days. Yeah, people are dumb. What do you want, what do you want me to say? Okay, no, but but that's not what's crazy. What I meant is that some people have listened to us talk for hours on end and they're still not signed up for Nebula. Wait, you're right. That's full-on bonkers. I mean, do they not know how much better the show is on Nebula? That yeah. it's not interrupted by ads? That some of our best yeah. episodes are exclusive there? I mean, we're going to do a full-on commentary on the Mark Wahlberg Max Payne movie, and they'll only be able to hear it on Nebula. Hold on. We are? <laughs> yeah, I haven't told you this yet. Oh my god, that sounds like a nightmare. Well, I'm getting mad about that, but I'm also getting mad about how many people have not gone to nebula.tv slash something rotten, especially since we give them a huge discount for signing up with that freaking link. Like, I'm not mad, I'm just disappointed. Disappointed mm. that they've been missing out on so much of our delicious thoughts and beautiful content. 
You lost me again. Shut up. Nebula.tv slash something rotten. <laughs> Can I say something controversial, though? Mm-hmm. David Blaine, he's not a magician. Stop saying that. He's a stuntman. Okay, he doesn't do magic anymore. He just, and that's not to say he's not impressive. I just don't think literally holding your breath for that long is a magic trick. I think it's a feat of like human agility. He's like, this is this is what happens when we don't have a guest. It's boys unleashed. <laughs> uh, one of the one of the strangest uh, five minutes of television I've ever seen was like a David Blaine uh, thing on on Netflix, I think, and he had this whole section where he was talking about how um, there's a trick that is like a kind of famous trick where you can like swallow a bunch of water right. and goldfish and hold it in your stomach. And then like Steve-O does that in Jackass. <laughs> yeah. And then, and then like evacuate yeah. it, you know, you kind of barf it back up and the goldfish is still alive. And what David Blaine said was he was like, I learned this. I've been practicing it. Um, he's, he says, I wanted to do this in front of someone who I hold in very high esteem my my true friend Woody Allen, and then it cuts to him, David Blaine like throwing up <laughs> goldfish into a into a bathtub, and he was like, after forty minutes of throwing up water, the goldfish came up, and it was like, you just had fucking Woody Allen, oh. who let's be clear, a monster, like sitting and watching him like barf into a bathtub until he got a goldfish out of his mouth. One of the strangest things I have ever seen, and like did not acknowledge. Like this was a weird thing to do. Okay, so another weird David Blaine thing, and then we have to talk about No More Heroes again. Um, okay, so like David Blaine and Harmony Korine are uh, pretty pretty tight, and uh-huh. there is a infamous unreleased harmony korean album uh movie called fight harm where the whole pitch of this this is like for a long time it seemed like harmony was like really just trying to do like modern vaudeville granted this was the 90s so it's not modern anymore but like um you can look at like gummo's vignettes as like an attempt at like vaudeville and shit like that this would have been his like i think homage to uh the marx brothers but with harmony spin on it is a Mm-hmm. he would go out in new york and instigate fights like antagonize real people into beating the shit out of him like uh-huh. this is like it's never been released i think there's a few pictures you can find of it but like he supposedly whether or not it's real who knows he claims he has all the footage um and it's never going to release it or anything i'll be very curious to see if it ever comes out but the cameraman for that it was David Blaine, <laughs> like, of all people. The, the guys he was fighting stopped halfway through and were like, why is your cameraman suspended in a tank full of water? Yeah. And if you've ever seen the video of David Blaine sticking the needle through his arm, I'm pretty sure, Har- Har- yep. I'm pretty sure Harmony shot that. Um, oh, cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, um, yeah, there we go. Anyway, a pro-magic anti david blaine as a magician that's something rotten's official uh official stance absolutely but pro harmony in every aspect well actually i take it back (laughs) um something we didn't talk about on the way to this fight uh there's just a shmup in the game you play a little like uh like galaga it's really cool it seems not well made i there is a weird connection of um like not great games with a lot of passion behind them i feel like always include a schmuck yeah i mean like like wanted dead has one of those there is a thing where like i guess it's not technically in it really feels like it's something that would be in like wonderful 101 or whatever but it's like all of these developers that were like raised on mm-hmm. arcade shit 
just like want to put these things in their games i mean the one who got it right is like near automata like the shmup sections of that game are fantastic oh yeah which is like a core yeah, part yeah, of yeah. gameplay um yeah i thought it was really funny and i was really stoked on it and then by the end i was like that seemed not good but it never gives yeah, you yeah but i guess it wasn't it never gives you a full game over that hard. yeah so that was yeah chill. it was cool um yeah so i i like that it was in there i i think i mean from what i know about no more heroes 2 and 3 I think they kind of go more in that direction of just like weird little mini games. Um, okay, uh, let's see. Here's here's something I have written down. Sylvia will cut Travis's dick off if he says another woman's name in his sleep. Sylvia's character arc is bizarre at best. I would say Sylvia got character assassinated in the second half of this game. <laughs> you think so? Because she and not and not in the way that all the other characters are getting assassinated yeah i found her more interesting if not well handled i guess i just felt like the what we were talking about last week of is this character sexist is is it doing like a parody you know is travis supposed to be kind of a a misogynist dork or whatever i felt like everything they did to her here was like no, she's kind of an insane bitch is like the game's take, mm-hmm. which I found it's like I didn't, you know, in a story sense, I didn't hate the individual things that she did. But I just felt like it was like, oh, the game like really doesn't respect well, her, I guess was was like the, the I think take. we're going to have to revisit this conversation when we talk about the uh, Gene fight, because I have a yeah. lot of thoughts about gene what the game does and then how it all like loops back into sylvia yeah uh for sure i mean so it's like i kind of it's one of those things where it's like sylvia saying to travis that she's going to cut his dick off if he says another woman's name in his sleep is like that's a funny thing to happen but um but it is like oh i guess travis isn't just kind of obsessed with this woman it's like she is now like a weirdly possessive girlfriend or whatever she's also negging him the whole time yeah but like it'll be like one cutscene. she'll be like i love you travis and then the next one she's be like you thought i loved you i hate you you're an Mm -hmm. idiot but also i love you and it's like she her character gets really strange in a way i kind of actually did like yeah it's it's, i mean she gets it gets weird everything gets weird in the second half in a way that i did enjoy um speaking of the next boss speed bus <sighs> is this the old lady yeah oh my god you get on that bus and you do a 2d fight on a moving bus which is really cool and hard yeah, that's good shit and then you go and you know what the, her sniper is hold on i have a this is not gonna play for the audio listeners like is reaching back onto his gundam shelf <laughs> it's the it's the evangelion sniper that's what she has oh yeah no it totally yeah. is it's the the one that uh that they hook like the entire electricity of Tokyo up to. Yeah, whatever. yeah. Uh, for the listeners, when they did the, when Bandai did the real grade, uh, whatever rays Ava is zero, maybe unit zero, they had a model that came out with a buildable uh, sniper, and it looks exactly the one in No More Heroes looks exactly like that. So just imagine in the theater of the mind, if you will. Uh, th- yeah, this so- fight was so cool because it's like. I went in there and I was like, oh, how the hell am I going to fight this lady all the way at the end of the longest hallway? You know, they they copied and pasted the Silent Hill 2 hallway into here. 
and or i guess mm-hmm. metal gear solid <laughs> um, or just the whole way from earlier in this yeah. game when you're fighting uh what's his name the guy with you the have bomb. to assume similar tech going on there uh <laughs> and then i when i realized i'm not gonna fight her it's just gonna be this war of attrition to get to the end of this hallway if you get hit one time it will send you all the way back and you'll have to redo like 15 minutes of progress I was like, Suda, I'm in it with you. I think it doesn't It doesn't send you all the way. You can, like, mash the button. I got hit. I didn't get sent all the way back. You ever tried to ma- mash a button on the Joy-Con, Jacob Gellin? <laughs> oh, no. You ain't getting all... You're going all the way back, brother, if you're playing that. Um, though I will say, uh, there was a screen in this game that fully just showed me... It was for the shmup. When it showed the controls, it just showed a picture of a Joy-Con. <laughs> <laughs> and I and I am playing on PC with an Xbox controller. I have never connected a Joy-Con to my PC. So uh that's that's where this port came from apparently. So yeah, there's a lot of cool stuff about the Speedbuster fight. I love that it is in a different city because it's like mm-hmm. this weird location where it's just like huge and empty and it totally feels like kind of like a PS2 game backdrop or whatever of just like there're just a million extremely tall buildings and it looks like no one has ever lived there uh which is a cool thing also when you walk in i mean there's a lot of stuff when you leave the house to get on the bus the cutscene is a little longer and you see travis's cat walk out the door did you catch that and i was like <laughs> yeah, what, what's happening what is this and then when you get there your your master i guess travis's master thunderia oh right yeah is is fighting him and then he gets distracted by the cat, and then he gets just fucking blown away. Look, Suda just needed a MacGuffin. It didn't. It didn't matter if it was good or not. <laughs> he just needed one. It's just so funny that it's the cat, and it's like never referenced that. Like, oh, the cat got yeah. out, and like is the reason that Thunder Ryu died. The cat, whose name is is Gene. Gene. Um, the thing that I would not say there's much attention to detail in this game. And maybe that's partly the point, but I did think it was cool that if you go back to Thunder Ryu's uh, gym, he is a ghost. Yep. I thought that was pretty cool. Yeah, that's fine. Like, and then, I, I mean, and then he's a ghost in, like, the final mission. Oh, yeah, and they're doing that weird Metal Gear Solid 3 thing. Yeah. Which was strange. We'll get there. Um, yeah, I love the fact that when you finally... Because I got to the lady with her sniper, and I was like, fuck, man, all right, I'm going to have to fight her. She's going to be hard. She's definitely going to kill me at least one time. I'm going to have to do this all over. And then the game, like, gives you an olive branch, and it's like, no, you don't even have to fight her. You just, you just have just to, like, to knock Travis. over this power line. Yeah, dude, uh, uh, this is one of my favorite boss fights in the game. I thought it was so fun. It's The opening is great where travis is like hey i'm gonna kill you and she's like what do you say and he's like i'm gonna kill you and she keeps asking him to repeat himself and she's clearly just building this giant sniper as he keeps yelling at her Um, you know what here's the thing yeah this is a funny game suda it's like legitimately funny funny. yeah like it has it's it's not and it is it's like i think what we talked about last week it's like it is kind of hard to walk this like it is a stupid game. You're playing kind of an annoying character. Like, that is so easy to do badly. You know, like, fucking, what's that What's that Rick and Morty-ass game that came out earlier oh, this year? Oh, High on Life. High on Life that I played for 15 minutes and wanted to, like, put a nail through my ear. Um, you know, so it's it's like this game, the fact that it does it well is, is impressive. I do 
I, I, I've got some qualms with this, uh, this fight, essentially in the same way that we talked about, um, the DMC lady, where it's like, Travis has had two fights where he's like, hey, I don't kill women. That's like my thing. I'm not going to kill this woman. This woman kills no compunction because guess what? She's ugly. Like, you know, it is, it is so much a just like the, the woman he's fighting, the speed buster is like a kind of fat older woman and it's like man she she does not get any mercy from travis because he spares women who he thinks are hot and no one else and it's like that if that's intentional you know like if they had made a point of it i think it would have worked but like they don't uh and so it just feels like a like well obviously he's gonna kill her why would he like have mercy for her even though he has said multiple times like i'm not gonna kill a woman i think that's very fair and in the sunday rotten way we have to contrast it with i also think this is one of the best parts of the game yeah you know it, that's <laughs> it's, uh horrible misogyny is just kind of part of these games the something rotten motto at this point is that's problematic but man it was cool it was fun <laughs> to play like, yeah uh speaking of bad girl man you know what the best I, character I, in the game because in a way she's like an answer to travis right like she's yep. the woman answer to travis and i think that's really cool because in the game like travis is so not prepared for someone to be crazier than him like yeah. he is it's for for as dumb and goofy as travis is like he always has this like i don't know unearned or potentially earned confidence throughout the whole thing mm -hmm. until bad girl when the whole time he just seems like what the fuck is happening like bad <laughs> yeah. girl even in the scene when you beat the boss fight bad girl is still getting the best of you like travis actually gives up on the fight and bad girl just happens to like bleed out from a from a wound it's it's wild let's set this up like what the fight is where you you walk into a batting cage essentially there is bad mm -hmm. girl who's wearing i don't know kind of like a schoolgirl outfit or whatever i mean she looks she kind of looks like the prototype for Lollipop Chainsaw. Yeah. You know, like a similar, similar aesthetic. Um, there are there are dudes in gimp suits. Hell yeah. Just rolling down a conveyor belt and just one after another, she is just smacking them in the face with a bat and breaking their neck like she is hitting balls at a batting cage. But just and then they just like fall into a pit. It rolls. There seem to be infinite gimps. Uh, that we don't know where they're coming from my favorite part and it's it's one of these like god was it directed like was the voice direction supposed to sound bad in like a perfect way or did she just kind of nail it but it's like there is a there's a fridge in the batting cage she opens it up drinks a beer and is like oh that's smooth in just like yeah. a way where it's like you've never had a beer before that's not how anyone like describes and it's so god it's so fucking funny like i it is such a good scene and i was mm -hmm. it, it is a testament to how funny of a character she is that this fight yeah. was easily my least favorite in the game and I still ended it being, like, this rules. There's a thing where halfway through the fight, she'll fall down on the ground and start crying. And if you go up to attack her, she will one-hit KO you. Sorry, Suda. Fuck you on that one. That sucked. I did not appreciate that that little uh, snake-in-the-grass moment you pulled on me. Yeah, because then I had to do ten minutes of a fight again before I could even, like, get her health down that far. So I don't know this for certain, but I'm 
fairly sure bad girl shows up in the other two games and maybe even like her father like i think they continued that character on uh-huh. in the other games also here's a fun fact suda got this from archipel's old video about suda archipel the best video game documentary channel on youtube go check them out um unbelievable access to japanese developers in a way that like how do you spell that a r c h i p e l have you never watched cool. them before no Oh my god, Jacob, you're about to lose your mind. Um, I have no clue how they get the access that they do. If I had to guess, it's because they maybe do a lot of behind-the-scenes spawn con. They're doing a lot mm-hmm. of bokeh stuff on their YouTube channel. Have you been watching that? Bokeh's like profiles of like Toyama and Akira Yamaoka. No. They, uh, Archipel is contracting with them, so I think that's how they get the... Anyway, they have a suit of video from like eight years ago. Where uh-huh. Suda talks about when he moved to Tokyo, one of the first places he went was this ba- was a batting cage, and he like just loves the batting cage, and like, they film uh-huh. they film him at the batting cage. I'm pretty sure that is what the batting cage in this is modeled after the specific one oh, he goes to. I'm That's almost cool. certain he says that in there, but it's like he also puts that bar bar plastic model, which is his like favorite bar, is in the game. So it wouldn't shock uh-huh. me. I think he says that, but it was cool. Um, see that yeah and so then the the end of this fight is you do you know you whittle her down you have your final uh your final blow and so it's like the cutscene starts and it's like travis's katana is sticking all the way through her body and she just continues to beat the shit out of him with mm-hmm. her bat and he like falls down and it's it's very similar to the cutscene where she one hit ko's you uh you know like if you if you attack her and it's like yeah she just she just dies from blood loss, but it's like Travis clearly like kind of lost the fight and yep. is like very freaked out at the end. He's like, I don't know what the fuck that was. It rules, dude. It is like the only time in the game you see Travis like scared. Like it's mm-hmm. I'm not gonna say it's a human moment because I don't think it is because Travis uh is not a human, but it is a different moment for the character that basically never comes back. Yeah. Yeah. I also unfortunately again cut it with the didn't like this it's like the final shot of her being dead is her like straddling travis in this very kind of like sexual way which i just feel like doesn't i I, again it's just like man i don't know it seems like you're trying to be like hey but isn't she sexy like right at the end of the fight i'm not justifying it but that is like an anime trope you know i don't think that's a pseudo problem (laughs) look i i got some problems with anime tropes blake i hate to tell you you hate anime and i think that's a problematic trope of you and blake thinks that all anime is unproblematic name one problematic anime that i like yeah i can't think of what evangelion we were talking about that earlier any problems with that no ano had great views on women in his 20s making that (laughs) show as did we all um okay so then um and she's the second to the last fight Mm-hmm. That's uh that's number two. So then um there's some different shit. Uh it, it, at this point, Sylvia kind of abandons you, or like you stop getting calls from her. Uh there's another I hate to just keep saying this was so funny, but this game had so many funny bits. Yeah. There's a part where a carrier pigeon crashes through Travis's window. (laughs) But right before, it makes, like, a jet engine sound. It's like, (laughs) and then, like, the carrier pigeon goes through. And it's just, like, again, it's just, it's, like, two seconds. And it's, like, man, that's great. That's, like, an A-plus just visual gag. It honestly reminded me of old Simpsons episodes. It seemed like some shit Uh the Simpsons would have done back in the day. 
Uh, God, I went I went on a mental odyssey with the Gene and uh, Sylvia shit in this game. Mm-hmm. That I'll say, pure transparency, I missed the point of the ending, and it was only K Bash's wonderful video that I recommend everyone go watch. Oh well, I'm uh, I I'm curious what. Because the the point of the ending that I got was almost all in the like watch the real ending now part. Oh no! Like the the thing I've been thinking the most about is the gene fight. So do you want to talk through the setup of that real quick? Well, here why don't we before we do all that because I think that'll be like the most interesting thing. Let's just talk about a little of the like the the job shit that opens up in the second half of the game, just because I think there is some some good stuff. The cat one. There's very good the cat one you run around picking up cats which is uh fun and you you like pet them on their head and then put them in a backpack which is great um there's a thing where you have to hunt scorpions which is it what, what's weird is you would expect as you unlock games throughout the or like like jobs throughout the game they would get more lucrative because you have to earn more yeah. money they don't some of these last ones it's like i did the scorpion thing i was like wait i earned like fourteen thousand dollars like that's no. nothing no. um but the scorpion one if you get stung you have to run back to the job giver guy who gives you an antidote like injection in your ass and it's very clear that he's like poking Travis in the ass with a shot. Have you ever had a shot in your ass? I haven't. I'm pretty sure <laughs> you want to hear a crazy Blake story. Oh yeah. This was I must have been like pretty still pretty young, like maybe my early 20s. I was living with my parents at our old old house and I was getting home and no one was there and like I was walking in the house and it was the summer, it was really hot, and a wasp stung me, and I'd never been stung by a wasp before. And just like, I was like, damn, that's kind of funny, it hurts. And I texted our uh, my family's group chat with my mom and dad, and I was like, oh shit, watch out, I just got stung by a wasp in the back door. And my dad texted me back immediately and was like, you're allergic. And I was like, oh. I was like, what the fuck, dude, I'm home alone. Uh, so how, like, the How old... did he, so he knew you were allergic and so, you didn't? So hold on. <laughs> okay. So, so the only option in that moment is call 911, right? Like, that can be, like, deadly. So I called 911, and I was like, hey, I just got stung by a wasp. Apparently, I'm allergic. They're like, uh, we don't really have, like, it's going to take a few minutes. I didn't know that when you're stung, like, I always thought if you weren't allergic, it just hurt. I didn't know, like, but obviously your body does have a reaction no matter what because it's, like, yeah. a toxin going in it. Um mm-hmm. I recently learned you can get bit by gnats and have an allergic reaction because I had one of those. It was kind of wild. wild. I thought I was going to die and then I was fine. But anyway, so like if you've been stung by a wasp, even if you're not allergic, like you got to go through it for a while and it kind of fucking sucks. So I was like, oh, this is it. This is the allergic reaction. Like I'm freaking out. I'm calling 911 like multiple times, (laughs) like freaking out. And finally the ambulance gets there, but it took so long that by the end I was fine. And I was like, huh. And they, like, put me in the ambulance. I was like, no, I think I'm fine. And they're like, but they did give me, like, a shot in my ass. <laughs> was is, it, was it like, an EpiPen? I'm not really sure what it was. This was, like, 10, 12 years ago. Okay. Uh, but they gave me a shot in my ass. I do remember that. That's why I'm telling this story, <laughs> to bring it full circle. And then, if I remember correctly, I was like, Dad, I'm not allergic to wasps. And he was like, oh, I th- your uncle's allergic. <laughs> It's like I called a fucking ambulance. <laughs> anyway, 
So that's, that's the time I, so- that's the time wow. I got shot in my ass. <laughs> that's once I got stung by a wasp on like a finger, and it just it for a couple days it was just like huge. I just had a finger like three times the normal size for like two minutes after you get stung by a wasp. You do feel like you're gonna die. You're like this yep. fucking sucks. Um, though what the doctors did say to me, and I don't know if this is true or they were just like we gotta tell this kid something so he doesn't feel like the dumbest person in the world is like sometimes people who are allergic the first time they're stung, they don't have the reaction. And then mm-hmm. the next time they do, and I don't know if that's fucking true. I've never been stung by a wasp after that, but I did get a shot in the ass. Like I, Travis touchdown. And, and may you never have it happen again. I had to get plenty of shots after that. If you can believe it. Oh I, yeah, <laughs> I can believe it. Um, let's see my, I think my favorite job and maybe the one that feels most no more heroes is the one where you just jump your bike, where you just <laughs> yeah. you just drive it into the ocean, and the whole thing is just like, how far can you jump your bike? And I don't even really know if there's any skill to it, because it seems like you just hit the turbo and press jump, but it's just this like amazing image of Travis flying off a jump just thousands of feet like into the bay, and then you don't even see him hit the water. It just ends, and it's like, <laughs> gold here's seventy thousand dollars and i was like okay i'll say so when we first started this game you messaged me and you're like hey the bike has a boost and i was like jacob come on i know because once in the game i'd press the like brake and accelerate button at the same time and you rev up and sometimes you'll go a little quicker when you land and Uh that's what i thought you were talking about i was like that's the most useless shit so i was like why is jacob doing this constantly because every time i did it i would just crash into a wall and it was like in the last two hours of the game that I found the actual boost you were talking I tr- about. I try to help you with these things. <laughs> I, I was like, I didn't want to say anything, but I was like, damn, he's playing this game wrong. Why would he be revving up the whole time and crashing into walls? Turns out I was the dummy, but I did get mad points on this jump because I found the boost by then. But you make such bullshit money from it. There's a, there's a lot of stuff where it's like, I think it's in the bad girl fight where it's like, hey, you can jump over something. And it's mm-hmm. like, you're teaching me this in the last like hour and a half of the game that you can like jump over a barricade where it just feels like they like forgot to implement it in earlier parts of the game. Also in the the bad girl fight right before it, you fight in the baseball stadium where you fought the second boss. Oh yeah, and you dr- you're driving around on your bike. And it fucking sucks. It it's never so bad. ends. It's terrible. And they they will like infinitely respawn if you leave like the if you leave the diamond and go to out the outfield, the diamond respawns. Yeah, and the, it's come on, Suda. Yeah, uh, not good. But um, but then yeah, you do you do the final fight, and there's like there's a lot of weird shit that happens. So like, do you remember kind of all of the you? So so you, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, that's kind of how this game ends. <laughs> I'm just trying to to conceptualize it. So Sylvia kind of calls you Sylvia's mom. Um, so we didn't talk about Sylvia's mom, right? Okay, so that's the sequence of it. Is is Sylvia's mom calls and says, "Oh, she's done it again." And Travis is like, "What?" And and she's like, "Oh, my daughter. She makes up these fake assassination ladders to like get money out of people." Which is like, what? What? (laughs) How'd she do that? But anyway, yeah, the implication is like, so Sylvia is like, has been conning Travis this whole time. And the, you know, the money that in the assassination organization, she's just giving to, yeah, or he's just giving to Sylvia. Uh, But then the mom pulls this wild card at the end and she's like, 
but you're already at the end. You might as well go yeah, do the she, last fight. She says, I, I have the script up on Game Facts. Would you mind telling me how far this all went? And Travis said, I'm now second in rank. And she says, just one more to go. Alrighty, why not play along since you've come this far? <laughs> and Travis is like, what's the point? And she's like, you should just finish. I So, like, talk about it when we get to this gene fight. I think this is where the game does start introducing some really brilliant moments that flew over my head. And the mom basically, like, being like, everything you did as a player was for nothing. And as the player, you kind of have to sit with that. Uh-huh. And be like, video games are pointless exercises. Yep. Uh, and then the mom be like, well, you made it this far. You still want to fight. And it's like, all right, we're back in it. Like, it's a very funny, like, way Suda seems to be telling the player, like, don't forget, you've been wasting your time. You've wasted your time this last week, Blake. And I'm like, yeah. you're fucking right. But let me fight this last boss. Uh, and then we have uh, a Bayonetta homage in a very annoying oh, uh, yeah. motorcycle section. Actually, Bayonetta would have been homaging this in chronologically. I um, think Bayonetta, I think they're both homaging Road Rash. Yeah, uh, but I guess Road Rash is a really fucking annoying game to play because I hate those moments in both the games. Uh, yeah, come on, Road, Road Rash um, is good. Yeah, but then you, you get to this weird foggy forest. It's kind of like a Lost Woods thing in that the ghost of Thunder Ryu is pointing one mm. direction or another when you get to these intersections and you have to follow him. It's not like hard. No. Uh, to, and he just points and you're like, okay, I guess I'll go down that one. Uh, but you do do that. Um, you referenced this being a Metal Gear Solid 3 thing. That's what I thought. The, when you're like walking through the ghosts of the people you killed. Yeah, and I guess it never fully commits to that. So I don't know. Maybe I'm wrong, but it felt like that to me. Mm-hmm. Grant, I've never played Metal Gear Solid Three, so I don't know. <laughs> yeah, but but you're all, there is a ghost of someone who died. Um, Sylvia calls you in the middle middle of this, gives you another very confusing message where she says, uh, uh, "I never thought you'd make it this far. I can't see you anymore. I want to fly to your side. I want to be in your arms. Um, I felt meeting you. I felt truly alive for the first time." But then she says, did you really think I would let you do me if you hit number one? You really are an idiot, aren't you, Travis? <laughs> uh, you are a dopey otaku assassin, the bottom of the barrel. No woman would be caught dead with you unless she was a desperate bitch. <laughs> and then she says, uh, where in the world could you find a woman who could fall in love with someone like you? Well, one is right here. It's just like, <laughs> she really is like wildly oscillating between what her attitude toward Travis is. And Jacob, not to put your personal life on blast, Annie did send this to you when you all met, right? Yeah, that's this right. And she said, one is right here, and she pointed to herself. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's stupid. One thing that I like before this final fight is uh, we haven't talked about the way you save in this game. Is you go to the bathroom and take oh, shit. Oh, and the last one is so good because you shit in the woods. It's very fun. Yeah, but it's like almost every boss fight has like a different bathroom that is like designed in a different way. That is just one of these like this effort feels it's like, why was this effort put here and not somewhere else? But at the same time, I was like, I liked that there were like 10 different bathrooms that I they, used throughout the game. They all have different No More Heroes signs in them and shit. Yeah. Um, it's really cool. Um, okay, so Blake, what happens now? So you get to this last boss fight. Buckle up, listener. If you if you'll recall me trying to explain the ending of Killer Seven, you're about to get some similar <laughs> bullshit here. You get to this last boss fight, and this dude walks up, and he kind of looks like uh he kind of this is a weird pull. Jacob, buckle up. He looks like the antagonist from this hidden cutscene of Kingdom Hearts Two. Uh, uh, he's just got that like all right 
big metal regal look to him also being anime is all fucking get out uh-huh and he's like travis you know who i am and travis is like no <laughs> and he's like yeah you do i'm your dad and travis is like what <laughs> and then he pulls up his mask and travis remembers everything he had forgotten over the last week which is he's on this revenge mission to find the girl who killed his dad or uh-huh. killed, sorry, killed his family, killed his mom. And you see these paintings of the family dead. It's fucking disgusting. They're just like eviscerated. And then he's like, oh, yeah, I'm on this revenge tour. I told Sylvia all about this. I'm trying to find Gene. And then as the player, you're like, who the fuck is Gene? What the fuck is happening? Then Gene shows up and Travis like, uh, yeah, I'm here to kill you. And Gene's like, you don't know, want to know my backstory? And Travis like. I guess I do. And Gene's well, like, okay, but here first, first Gene says, uh, like Gene, Gene kills him. And then it's like, Travis, he's not your dad. And he's like, what? <laughs> and she's like, why would he be your dad? And he's like, oh yeah, I guess he's not. I guess yeah. I don't have a dad. And then he's like, Gene's like, you want to know my backstory? Or maybe Travis asks her, but at some point Gene's like, it's too brutal. It would raise the rating of this game. And then she's like, then she's like, well, I'll tell it to you real quick, and we'll fast forward through it. And then she starts talking, and the game literally fast forwards through her entire monologue that ostensibly explains the entire lore of this game. Just completely rewind through it. Yeah, then- I mean, and it is, it's it's fast forwarded slow enough that, like, you can slow down and hear it. Like, there are transcripts. If you hadn't guessed, it doesn't matter. You know, it's like it explains the lore, but in a way that like doesn't meaningfully change anything about Travis's character. It's right. just kind of like, oh, okay, here's all this backstory shit. And then it ends, and Travis is like, all right, I'm gonna fight you now. And then you fight the worst boss in the game. And there you go. It is very funny. During that fast forward section, she keeps saying things and it cuts to Travis in fast forward being like, oh man, just doing these like (laughs) big reactions to stuff. So this moment, because I'm a dumb gamer brained idiot, I was like, this is fucking stupid. They're introducing all these plot elements that make no sense. All these twists for twists sake, which is true. And yeah. it wasn't, again, to shout out my man's K-Bash. You ever watched him? Yeah. He's really good. I, I, mm-hmm. I've, i like, over the years come to really appreciate how smart he is uh, in between all the screaming he does in those videos. But uh, K-Bash had a really good point that's like, yeah, it's introducing all this shit. Like, it's kind of doing the Darth Vader, I am your father thing. And it's like, Ugh. yeah. But it's dumber with Travis because he's like, he literally knows his father. Um, It's introducing like all these plot elements that blow massive holes into the story. And like, it's introducing the central antagonist that Travis should know because uh, one week ago he was at this bar complaining to Sylvia about Gene, but all of a sudden he's forgotten till the end. So the game can have this, you know, big grand reveal of this antagonist, which is like, that's not good story writing to like save all that crucial info from the player. And it all is for the point of being like, it was all a waste of your time. And I was like, Mm -hmm. I I completely missed it. Right. Like I just bought it hook, line and sinker. Like this sucks. Why are you doing this to me with while forgetting the thesis of the game that is like Suda, honestly for a game maker, I think has one of the more cynical views on video games in this game and how like pointless they are and how these like, tired tropes are used over and over to 
make up for bad writing. It's like, well, let's put a crazy plot twist at the end that like truly will destroy the foundation of the story you had built up to that point. Uh And seen through that lens, which I'm going to give Suda the maximum generosity here. I was like, oh, yeah, like that's the only way this game could end is by like completely making the story gibberish. I think it's cool that you had this realization here or kind of while watching the video Mm -hmm. because this was really like, at, at the end of this part, I was like, huh, that was kind of, like, weird and entertaining. And then it was the view true ending part that, like, really uh, hit that point home for me. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, so you, you fight Jean. Uh, she's really hard. It's a, it's a bullshit boss fight. They introduce uh, you... a new evasive mechanic for the boss that no other boss has where she can avoid all your special slowdown moves, which is really stupid and bad. And yeah, I hate I, it. so I just... I just like charged up an attack and waited for her to walk into it like 40 times. That's that's how I killed her. She can. It is cool. It's also annoying. Uh, If you try to use a wrestling move on her, she will like reverse it. And so she'll like break your arm, which is, you know, it's funny when it happens the first time. For all the ways the narrative flips this game on its head, when it does it mechanically at the end, it sucks. Like, I really hate boss designs like this, where it's like, you've been playing for 12 hours, here's the final boss, and you have to rethink how you play the game entirely. Like, it's like it's like this game gives you, like, two tools, and then at the end of the game, it's like, you can't use one of them, and it's like, that's not fun. Like, I I, I have no options here. Um, and Yeah, anyway, then Travis uh, does a uh what do you call it a resident evil laser hallway kill on gene where where he just she just falls into like four very neatly sliced pieces bro you know my brain instantly went to my king paul ws anderson and i said real respects real suda i see you hell yeah um yeah and so that's that's like that's it sylvia just like appears in the corner and you like they don't talk to each other and then and then Travis kind of walks away. And then, as I previously mentioned, my favorite menu of the game, which was like return to Santa Destroy, return to main menu, mm-hmm. view real ending. And I was like, you know what I'm doing? I'm I'm viewing that real ending. So talk um, me through that, yeah, because I don't feel like I left this cutscene with many thoughts. Even though now that I'm thinking back about it, I was like, there's a whole huge ass monologue in there. Well, I left this cutscene more hype than I have ever been. This is this is the buried ever. lead. Is that like the, in my life? Um, the the buried lead of this is like i thought this game ended so fucking well specifically in this moment like i loved everything that happened here so um and you do view real ending travis has taken a shit as as he loves to do um some random dude kicks down the door he's like i'm the new assassin i'm here to kill you and take your rank travis is like what he slices that dude in half he goes outside. Henry is there, who we have not heard from since he killed the number five guy. And Travis was ready to fight him, and he didn't. Henry's there. He's the Scottish guy. He has another laser sword, very similar to Travis's. Uh, Henry's like, don't you know who I am? I'm your twin brother. And Travis is like, oh, yeah, I do have a twin brother, which is, again, it's just like like hat on a hat on a hat, just like another pointless twist. Um, then you you fight him. Um, it's it's a pretty easy fight, but it is, you know, it's fun within the scope of what this game can be fun. Um, you beat him. He reveals that Sylvia is his wife. Um, oh, also, when he says, I'm your twin brother. 
Travis says, what the hell? Hell, that's the craziest shit I've ever heard. Why would you bring something like that up at the very last minute of the game? <laughs> yeah. um, so, so he says, Travis says, where's Sylvia? She disappeared without a trace. Henry says, Sylvia, you mean my wife? Uh, <laughs> and then <laughs> it's Travis says, when did you two get married? Henry says, about 10 years ago, we were both in college at the time. <laughs> why would you say this and then uh and then henry's like yeah i know my wife's really annoying she set up this whole assassination mission and travis says she's a bad wife but a good woman <laughs> in a very like hey guess what twin brother i'm gonna go fuck your wife which is oh boy and so then then they start fighting again there's like good fight choreography but my favorite part is like they lock blades and they just start running and they're like running down the middle of the street just with blades locked and they go for like so much longer than you would think they were going to go to and and Travis says the line I want to bail but where the hell's the exit there's no way out is there no getting out right bro and Henry says that's right all we can do is keep running and they keep running and then uh Travis says the hardest line in the game which is let's find that exit they call paradise and then they clash blades and and it smashes into credits and it just it just fucking rules it's so cool i love how like it is both the like it's so all of the plot points are meaningless it doesn't matter that travis has a twin brother why would sylvia be his wife why they met in college like who gives a shit but <laughs> yeah. also the just the visual of like Travis and this dude locked blades just running down a street kind of forever feels like it is it is then like that is Travis's character like he's a he's a stupid guy he did this all for no reason but ultimately like he he likes the fight you know he's in it because like conflict is kind of giving him meaning here and so to just have this ridiculous stalemate with his twin brother feels like the perfect place for the game to end and then it it just does yeah well he's the gamer right? he's the gamer and then did you watch uh did you watch till like through the credits yeah when they go to the video? museum so then then the the final image of the game is revealed to be a painting sylvia and her daughter uh whose name is Jean, are looking at the painting um sylvia says you like this painting don't you uh and and uh says then too bad there won't be a sequel hell yeah and then unfortunately there was uh and then and then it says to be continued i was really expecting it to say just kidding which i thought would have been hilarious um yeah man you know like the more i've sat on this ending like the more i think it like you said ends really well for, mm -hmm. like, everything, even though I think, like, I don't really care for the game that much, like, I think, ultimately, I think it's a good-ass game. And I think, yeah. like, it's kind of a victim, playing it in 2023 makes it kind of a victim of just, like, the last 13 years of games that have come out. But the ending is strong, because it leans so far into, like, almost, like, snickering at the player and the game industry in general of, like, your time is being wasted. Like, there's no way around playing it and not being like, I am fucking Travis Touchdown. That fucking sucks so bad. Yeah, and, and like, you know, we talked a little about, like, okay, the game's very goofy and then it has these, like, serious moments or whatever. And I feel like this is kind of... 
Uh, it is it is taking the piss out of itself. Of like, you know, you know the thing that seemingly. Uh, I guess it's like Uncharted Two is the first place that I remember doing it. But it's like you've been just killing people the whole time, and then the bad guy's like, "You think I'm bad? Look at you! You killed so many people!" And it's just like the laziest form of like pointing out like the player did stuff. This feels like it is highlighting how ridiculous of a stance that is of being like why would you care about this story now like the story has been so dumb the whole time you think now at the end there's going to be something that like makes it emotional and and in pointing that out it actually almost becomes like profound for me and that like i did enjoy the ending so much would it shock you to know suda is a massive hotline miami fan <laughs> Nope. Yeah. Would not shock me at all. I believe there's a Hotline Miami level in the, not the third game, the one before two and three. The, like, oh, weird... yeah. The... Uh-huh. Yeah. I think, like, the game ends really smartly. I don't take back any of my criticisms or annoyances with anything else in the game, nope. but I think it ends very strong. And I thank K-Bash for helping me see through how dumb of a gamer I am because I was mad at this ending at first. Yeah, I, um... You know what? Honestly, it's like, I am really curious what happens in 2 and 3. Like, I know I know that Serial likes the whole series. Uh, you know, that he's the, I, someone whose critical voice I trust. I think he said, you know, they're maybe not as focused or whatever. And Susie referenced that the games really change tones, which I think is also interesting. But it's just like, I, I do want to know what he does here and if it can maintain this weird tone of like like incredulity at its own story throughout two more games it seems like it would be really challenging to do but i am curious three seems pretty cool um watching reviews of two and the way they had to like i don't know if they had to but they did retcon the story and rewrite parts into like all these like kind of strange and baffling ways uh, two seems like a fucking mess in a way that like I don't know that I'm super interested in, but like yeah, I can also read the wikis and then jump into three because three seems like still a low budget ass game, but like getting closer to what Suda maybe wanted to make in terms of the genre experimentation and just like the raw like energy on screen that I am very interested in that one. I think I can skip on two though. Uh, can I tell you something very weird? Um, I'm looking at this game facts, No More Heroes game script. Um, it was originally uh, completed and released on uh, March 21st, 2008. When do you think the last update was? Yesterday. November 23rd, 2022. <laughs> Why? What are they doing? I don't know. It seems like a cut and dry script. What else are you finding uh, in that game? But yeah, I, I am with you in that like, no More Heroes has been for a long time, a game even longer than Killer7, I think just because I knew about it for longer, a game that I've been like, I should play that, you know, like I should just have this game in my like, in my critical memory to just be like, oh, this would be useful for knowing things about games. And I was kind of worried when we started that it was like, what if this has just been like a stupid game that I've been overestimating for more than a decade? And like, it's not. You know, like, it's it's got all the problems that I kind of expected it to have. But, like, I 
the writing is a lot better than I expected, and ultimately, like, the story really landed for me, as bizarre as it is. Yeah, it's weird, like, when I'm playing No More Heroes, I'm fucking over No More Heroes, but, like, at the end of the last episode, and now at the end of this one, I'm like, man, I, I kind of fuck with No More Heroes, and I think yeah. I fuck with it intellectually and not uh, actively, if that makes yeah. sense. Um, uh-huh. It's a game I want to talk about more than I ever want to play. Yeah, and now now that we've played it, we can talk about it. And I don't have to play it anymore. Thank God. I got to move on to a different game, which I don't know. Let's We're not saying what our next game is. But do you think they're in conversation with each other? I was going to ask, are they the two most different games ever made? <laughs> no. No. Uh, is the answer. But no. they are a, a No More Heroes being so aggressively dumb and making fun of its own genre tropes so frequently to a game that does absolutely none of that i just think is a is an interesting segue i will say this we we gotta drop it because we're getting too into the next game after this but i forgot about the cynicism in the beginning of our next game that i do think is something Suda leans on a lot, at least in Killer7 and No More sure. Heroes, is this like very cynical view of the world. And I don't know that our next game has a cynical view of the world, but I think it has a very uh, pessimistic... Sorry. I think it has a very pessimistic opening that I think you can kind of draw lines between, but we'll get to it. Listeners, what game do you think we're talking about? Write in to somethingrottenpodcast at gmail.com. Or just pay on Nebulous. You'll be able to hear it soon. Well, that episode still isn't out yet. Who knows the schedule? Who can remember these things? I have a Google Calendar for a reason. Um, well, that wraps us up on No More Heroes, a cool game that we were glad to play. Uh, we will be doing a question and answer uh, episode on all things Suda, so please write into us at that Gmail. It's in the description with your questions, comments, whatever about Killer7 and No More Heroes and other things we're missing. Uh, we also can announce that our Nebula bonus episode for this season is with uh, superstar game developer Gareth Damian Martin, the uh, the creator of In Other Waters and Citizen Sleeper and my favorite gaming zine, Heterotopius. Um, it's a really good ep, so look forward to that. Uh, well, Blake... For the last time, let's find that exit they call paradise. You're fucked. That was <laughs> killer. They're all seven. the same. That was good. <laughs> no, 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 Jacob, you can't say that. <laughs> Bye. <laughs>